This episode is brought to you in partnership with Life Kitchens. Life create kitchens to be lived in, planned around your life and the way you live it. Explore their unique ranges and book a design consultation for a personal and practical approach to kitchens. Visit life-kitchens.co.uk. I'm pretty sure that 5,000 years ago, a neighbor was jealous of, of the other person's cave because it was bigger, because it was drier, because it was safer, because the paintings on the walls were better. So, it you know, it's kind of a funny analogy, but I really think it's ingrained in us that the home is the closest to where our soul is. Hello, I'm Carol Annett from Country and Townhouse magazine. Welcome to the House Guest podcast, where I chat with experts from the world of interior design and decoration, the people behind the houses, hotels, shops and brands you see in glossy magazines like ours. If you listen on the Entail app, there's more information and images on the projects and people mentioned. And if you're doing up your own home, hopefully you'll pick up some tips for yourself. Today's house guest is Benny Frohan, the president of Schumacher, a family-owned business established in 1889. Its fabrics and wall coverings grace some of America's grandest homes, including the White House. Over the years, Schumacher has collaborated with names such as Cecil Beaton and Schiaparelli and continues to reinvent itself today, remaining as popular as ever. It's also celebrating a new London showroom at Design Centre Chelsea Harbour. Benny, welcome. Lovely to see you. Lovely to meet you. Do you think we are returning to another golden age of decorating? The definite answer is yes. We've seen that the pandemic has amplified everything. You know, one very good example is is that people have started to shop more and more online, which they had before, but it just got a real boost. And we see this in the home industry too, for three different reasons. Number one, people you know, live differently. Number two, people work differently. And number three, people will travel differently. Um, you know, coming back to the first one, how we live, I mean, I think we all know we spent much more time at home. There's much less going on outside the home. Um, and we will also invite more guests, more people spend more time with our families. We understand better that it is important to collect memories at home, to find joy at home and to find shelter at home. Um, people have realized that and we see it across the board how people are investing into making their home again a, yeah, just an incredible place to recharge. Um, the way how we work, you know, we have taken before a day from work, a work from day, no, work from home, I want to say, a work from home day here and there. Since the pandemic, we've spent five to six days working every day from home. The lines will also get more blurred even if we go back to the uh, to the office. So, you know, all the open plan apartments and houses um, don't work necessarily work anymore when you have, you know, husband and wife or partners, you know, working from home, needing a wall between them in order to spend all the time on Zoom calls. So we see a change there. And we've done extensive research in how travel will be because we also run um, a large hospitality division where we work with um, um, into, you know, commercial interior designers and hotel groups together. And we truly also believe that travel will change. People um, will need and seek for a more meaningful connection when they travel. 
feeling good about their choices. And also on travel lines will get more blurred between um, work, personal travel, bringing your family, spending longer time somewhere. Um, so we see there a lot of change. And um, the short answer to your question is, yes, we will see a golden decade of the 20s. Yay, here, here. Um, so when Frederick Schumacher, who was born in Paris, he started the company in 1889, what was it about fabrics that was very meaningful for him? Can you tell us a bit about his history and how, why he launched Schumacher? I mean, Frederick Schumacher was, a I think, a remarkable man in 1889. And, you know, just as a fun fact to relate to that year, that was the same year that the Eiffel Tower was finished. And it was the same year that the Pizza Margarita was called after the um, Italian Queen Margarita. And the United States, you know, hadn't even formed all of their states yet. So it was as a time where Frederick decided to leave Paris and to bring something to the United States that he um, had a lot of experience in, and that was fine textiles. And he opened a store on Third Avenue in Manhattan, uh, back then a very elegant address. And he uh, started, you know, making his passion to his, basically his job. I think it's, he always was very modern in a way, you know, and I think we speak so much about fulfillment and how we can make our passions to our jobs and, uh, and you know, and find fulfillment there. I think he did this already 132 years ago and he became very successful and very quickly people, you know, especially in the US obviously seeing those incredible fabrics from Europe were drawn to um, him and his shop and just simply couldn't get enough. So he was inspired by Europe and the, the shapes and the colors and the textures. That's what he took back to the States. And, and that's basically what he was selling a, a different lifestyle. He was say, selling something fresh and new. Exactly. I think that was exactly, I mean, I wish I could speak to him today because obviously I would ask him a lot of questions um, how, how he would see the future of Schumacher and, and really what did motivate him. But I do imagine that was his driver because he also really was innovative in the way how he ran the business and how he looked at opportunities. In 1898, we did our first hospitality project with the Ward of Astoria in New York, back then the first one, produced our first ever wallpaper for the Ward of Astoria in New York. And he really branched out. And I think also his successors, they, you know, looked for collaboration, seeing how Schumacher would be able to expand the business. During the First World War, they shifted to supporting the country in producing parachutes. So the company always have been, has been very flexible in the way how they were thinking. I think that's actually one of the biggest quality also of a family-owned company. But I'm just really impressed how this has not changed and how, how that legacy we've somehow miraculously have been able to keep through 132 years. And I mean, it's fair to say with, with Schumacher that opulence is very much part of the look. I mean, obviously when they were making the parachutes in the, for the Second World War, it probably was a slightly different, uh, more practical fabric. But, but in general terms, you know, whenever I've, experience Schumacher for myself it's um, the embroideries and the designs of the wall coverings are incredibly detailed and lots of color and texture and it's it's a 
you don't choose a Schumacher fabric lightly is what I'm, I think I'm saying. Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that. I think for us, I compare ourselves sometimes with a chef in the kitchen. A good chef in the kitchen can do more than just this one dish or just Italian cuisine. That chef can also do some Thai or some French or some German cuisine, you know. Um, but there's always one thread that combines it all. And in our case, it is, you know, really the joy, the joy in life and um, the passion for beauty. So I feel like we are like a good chef. We don't only do large scale florals. We don't only do contemporary prints or textures and wovens. We do them all, but all of them have the same vision in it. They all have the passion for beauty, the attention to detail, and the aim of bringing joy to your home. And, and also what I love is that, I mean, you are really prolific. You're bringing out collections all the time. There's kind of- Oh, don't, don't remind me of, don't <laughs> remind me of that. I mean, we have over 10,000 products and we are launching collections every single month. When the new generation of the family took over and um, also brought on a new executive team, which I then became a part of in uh, early 2016, we decided to turn around some stones. And what we did is we, we said, okay, we really want to extend our portfolio, but also freshen it up. So we decided to launch monthly collections. That was a huge burden on our shoulders because as everyone knows, traditionally you launch a collection in spring and in fall, and uh, in between you work on those collections. And we decided to do this monthly. We changed a lot of things behind it. The only thing that we did not change is the integrity to design and to craftsmanship. So it's very important that we do not take shortcuts on how we design and how we produce, but we do take shortcuts on the logistics and how efficient we get there. And it's very interesting, if you allow me to just elaborate one more thing on those monthly collections, it's not only that interior designers have every month a reason to engage with us and that the risk of not liking what they see is basically smaller than the risk of missing out. It's also liberated our design team. If you have two collections, you really can't screw them up. So you don't <laughs> risk a lot. If you have collections every single month and some are smaller, some are bigger, sometimes you have two collections or three collections a month, you dare so much more and you really go the extra mile to create something that your heart tells you and maybe your brain says, ah, oh, I don't know. Um, Funny enough, those collections have been the most successful for us. Really? Yeah. Oh, how exciting. Um, I also love the fact that you've kind of taken over the years, you've, you've been taking chances on who you've collaborated with. You know, people like the great Schiaparelli we mentioned before, and Frank Lloyd Wright, Colette Cosentino, and also I loved that the Saul Steinberg, that the artist and New York illustrator, I loved all that stuff was the collections gorgeous. And moving forward, you've got some interesting collaborations coming up. Tell me how you choose somebody like Molly Mahan or a, a rum fellow. Tell me how the process, what is it that draws you to um, an artist or an interior designer? or a printmaker? What, what do they have to have that tells you they could be part of Schumacher? Yeah, I think first of all, it's important to say that Schumacher is a design house and we have one of the largest design teams and design studios in the industry. 
So we believe we do ourselves very strong collections with a very specific and particular perspective on it. But it is very exciting to bring in other creative masterminds and, and seeing you know, textiles, wall coverings, trims through basically their goggles. How we do that is that we increasingly talk with people that we just admire and we admire them for their creativity from adjacent industries or businesses. So not necessarily right away with an interior designer, but more with an artist um, or with a textile, you know, designer. Or, you know, that's also, um, or where we think that craftsmanship is just incredible. And uh, we did a collaboration with uh, Stephanie Seal Brown um, out of the US. She works on the traditional hundreds of year old looms, which we found really impressive, all made by hand. The Rum Fellow, you know, everything is, is woven by hand on a backstrap loom in Guatemala. And um, Molly Mann, I think, has just an incredibly beautiful perspective on a romantic, hand-printed textile. Um, so, you know, we did a collaboration with Vogue uh, and Hamish Bowles, um, which back then in 2000, I think it was 17, you know, it gave us just a very different injection of energy. So Colette Cosentino as well, we discovered her and we just love their, her art. Something that we feel very excited about is also the collaboration that will go live this fall with uh, Martina uh, from Cabana. So we will have a cabana collection because we just love what they do. And I think it all starts with our admiration. Then we go into conversations and you very quickly see, are we both in for the passion of beauty? And do we really feel excited or is this a commercial deal? If this is just a commercial deal, I tell you very frankly, we don't do it. We need to feel that both sides really get excited about it because that's what you feel. And I think one of the best examples of exuberance and joy is the collaboration with the fashion label Libertine out of LA, Johnson Hardick, the creative director, um, where we took the designs even to New York fashion show and where the runway was all in, you know, covered in, in the wallpaper that we designed together it was really, really fun. And I think it's really about bringing new perspectives to the market while our design team, our Schumacher design team, you know, does the essence of what we do as a brand. Yeah. Where are you based in the States? Our headquarter is in New York, Manhattan, New York. Um, but then obviously our showrooms are all over the country in pretty much every design center you can think about. And then we are in the ether, very important. We are the only ones having a fully transactional website in the US and in the UK, because we really believe that the business is shifting online. That doesn't mean that we don't stand to our showrooms. That doesn't mean that we don't stand to our you know, salespeople on the road. All of that is important, but the digital component is growingly important. And people want to have the flexibility whether they come into the showroom, whether they have someone visit them in the office, or whether they can quickly just go online, see pricing, see stock, and maybe just hit the you know order button because they have something urgent and they don't want to wait until the next morning until the showroom opens again. And actually, on the subject of showrooms, you're opening shortly at Design Centre Chelsea Harbour in London, which is very exciting. Ah, I can't. It's so exciting. It's, you know, my my little baby, basically, because, uh, you know, we had the idea last year during the pandemic, and we decided that we would want to play offense and that we 
would want to move closer to our clients, especially due, during trying times. And uh, we decided, you know, last summer actually that we would uh, come to London. We signed with the design center a contract. We built in our own website in the UK, which is also live. It's fshoemarker.co.uk. Um, and we've just merchandised last week uh, the showroom. Um, it's not only turned out beautifully, it's also incredibly well, um, uh, you know, everything in order and sorted. Um, and uh, yeah, the doors are pretty much open. No, no, no. We just wait for uh, for everyone to uh, let us open the doors. And what about just decorating in general? Why, why is it so important? Why is it so important for us to have beautiful fabrics and wallpapers and be surrounded by beauty? Well, let's go back a few thousand of years. Uh, and let's go back in those caves where people lived. We already see scribbles and paintings and carvings in the walls there. And I'm pretty sure that 5,000 years ago, a neighbor was jealous of the neighbor, you know, of, of the other person's <laughs> cave because it was bigger, because it was drier, because it was safer, because the paintings on the walls were better. So it, you know, it's kind of a funny, funny uh, analogy, but I really think it's ingrained in us that you know, the home is the closest to where our soul is um, and where we find shelter, where we find joy, where we make and have the most relevant relationships in our lives. And I think the last 12 months really have been a time where we reconnected to that. Um, and I feel very excited about uh, because I see this trend across the board, you know, from the US to the UK to Europe, um, that people really want to just live fabulously again, beautifully again, and just want to have a source of joy that doesn't just come from going out and shopping, but actually at home. And it's very different to fashion. You know, you can change fashion every day. You know, today I wear a leather jacket, tomorrow I wear a, a suit. The home has you know, it just gives you the foundation of who you are and how you live and, 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 and yeah, what you see when you open your eyes in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and when you look back on all those incredible grand houses of the Vanderbilts and, and the Marjorie Merriweather, the heiress and tycoon, her Palm Beach estate, I mean, they are extraordinary. Are people still decorating on that grand lavish scale? Well, it's interesting. We do see this is also coming back. And we see this coming back in taste. Um, you know, people wanting pattern on pattern on pattern again, rich colors, warm neutrals. You know, we think that all brown tones and spice tones and, and all of that is coming back hugely in the US. Um, and we see this also coming over to Europe. So we see this in taste, but we also see this in you know, spending power, if you will. We do uh, real feather wall coverings where, you know, you have tiny feathers glued onto a paper all over, beautiful wow. in shapes or in, you know, very expensive. And those papers sell surprisingly well again. We see that, I don't know, people just really want to spend on their houses again. Um, and it's always a discretionary spend on an expensive wine, a travel or redoing your house. And I think the last 10 years was all about traveling. 
and I think the next 10 years, this uh, it shifts a little that people also want to have fabulous houses again. We absolutely see that trend. I mean, we internally really speak about the golden 20s ahead of us. Others say, you know, the 90s were also a, a decade where people really liked spending on their homes. And then we had the frugal 20s or 2000s with the financial crisis in 2009, 10 and so on. And we've gone through a time of 10, 15 years of just difficult years in the home industry. I think that time is over. Here's hoping. And I, I know that Schumacher was um, used when President Roosevelt got rid of all the Victorian style in the White House. Um, do you think Schumacher is on the decorating list for Joe Biden? I cannot speak about that because <laughs> we would sign an NDA around it. But what I do know is that when in Washington there is, you know, political change, a lot of people change out there. And it's always a very good time to work in the home industry. I'm sure Melania and Donald had incredible taste, but I can imagine that maybe Biden and his wife are going to want to change things just to put their own stamp on a house. And that's what I think everyone, I think every president does. And I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't be holding this against Joe Biden and his wife. <laughs> uh, thanks, Benny. It's been really lovely to talk to you and learn a bit more. And I'm so looking forward to the doors opening and us being allowed to come to the harbour and, and rifle through all those glorious fabrics. It's one of my favourite things to do. Thank you for giving Schumacher and me personally the platform. I really appreciate it. And it was really lovely speaking to you and meeting you. Thanks for listening to House Guests from Country and Townhouse magazine with me, Carol Annett. Don't forget to subscribe to the series on iTunes or Entail, where you can also find images, links and notes to enhance each episode. In the meantime, you can follow me on Instagram at Carol W. Annett and keep up to date on all the podcast news and show notes online at countryandtownhouse.co.uk slash podcast. And please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. For more news and views in the world of interior design, sign up to our newsletter at countryandtownhouse.co.uk and why not listen in to our sister podcast, Breakout Culture with Lord Ed Vasey and Charlotte Fruity Metcalf. <laughs>